Stick up. Come on. Stick it up before the Lord. We're not ashamed to lift up our hands in this place. We're not ashamed to sing. We're not ashamed to dance because he's given us freedom. Oh, come on right now before the Lord. What is it that you want to tell God right now? Before we sing this next song, I'm going to let you speak with God. Come on, you get to come before the throne. You get to come before the Lord right now. Come on, what's on your heart today? He knows you. Come on. God, you search our hearts. Search our hearts in this place, God. No one can hide. No one can hide from you, God. Search us and know us, Lord. You're the king of all. 
of speaking in tongues and speaking in tongues is not speaking in Spanish 
Speaking in tongues is not saying thank you, Jesus, praise you, God. No, speaking in tongues is that is speaking in tongues. Like, what did he just say? That is speaking in tongues. It's not something we're thinking, but we got you guys to receive it. So I believe God is wanting to pour it out for some of you today that haven't received it. So in an attitude of prayer, if you can just close your eyes. We're not here to make fun of anybody. We're not here to put anybody down if you don't have it. If that's you today, just raise your hand. If you want to be filled with the Spirit. If you have not been filled with the Spirit, raise your hand. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to pray. The music's going to keep on playing. And you know who you are if you raise your hand. I want you to come on up and I want you to be challenged. I want you to find a leader right here and say, God, fill me. And if you already have been filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, we want you guys to set this atmosphere, set this place for the Holy Spirit to do a work in this place. Come on, just set it up. Just start speaking in tongues right now, saints of God. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're acting off of the word of God. He wants to do something here today. Just because you have it doesn't mean you can't pray. You can't believe that somebody else can't get it. Come on. Come on. This is not a library, guys. Lift up your voice. Come on, let's encourage one another today. Father, we come before you today. God, we act, we respond to your word of being filled with your spirit. Be filled with an endowment of power. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would pour it out. You would pour it out. You would pour it out over your sons and daughters right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, if that was you, come on up. Find somebody. Find somebody. Just stand behind it. Praying, just stand behind and wait. If you've already been filled with the Spirit, just start speaking in tongues. Just come in agreement with what God is going to do right here. Come on. Come on, just lift up your voice. Hallelujah, Father God. Just send it down all over everyone, all over your students in the name of Jesus.
guys don't get tired right now. Don't get tired.
voice, every voice in this place. Pray for your high schools. Pray for your high schools. Pray for salvation. Pray for souls. Come on. Father, he will come to repentance. God, I pray for Zach. God, the Lord, you see where he's at. Father, he knows who you are. Father, I pray that you would humble his heart, that he may come before you, God. Come before you and asking for your forgiveness and receiving your love, Jesus Christ. Come on, I want you guys to start praying and teach you right now that in church, it's not weird to pray. We're talking with God. He meets.
practice this. This is not something that I do just to be different than, than every other week. You see, when a word of God comes, when God is saying something, he's moving in that. So he wants his people to move. And he wants to look if you're going to be obedient to it. Okay? And for some, this may be different. This may be weird. But we believe in the power of prayer. Look, if we're God's people and we're his church, shouldn't he have a say in what goes on in this service? So wouldn't it be okay for him to say, hey, I want you to start praying right now for people, friends, and family. Isn't that okay? Amen. There's an anointing right now. We, we talk about it. I said it before in announcements in Chicago, in this city. God is doing something great. And we get to be a part of it as his body, as his bride. I want us to lift up our voice for this city. It's not just metro praise. It's not just faith growth. It's not city lights or or any other church. But it's the body of Christ. So this is what we're going to do. I want you guys to believe that when you speak, here's the thing. When you speak, God listens and God responds. So don't don't believe that, oh, it's not happening, nothing's happening. We're going to pray, and God's going to move, amen? So in an attitude of prayer, I just ask that you close your eyes. Just close your eyes right now. On the count of three, I'm going to release you to pray for this city. Release you to pray for Chicago. Pray for high schools. Pray for families. Pray for friends. Come on, pray for this downtown. Come on, pray for hospitals. Whatever God puts in your heart, just start praying for it. Come on, be led by the Spirit. Father, Lord, I release that anointing over every student to be a roof breaker, generation shaker, and a history maker, Father, in this place, that you will anoint every head to proclaim your word, to speak out in faith, to speak out in boldness, Father God, that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of the world. We proclaim it here in this city. One, two, three. Start praying. Start praying. Lift up your voice.
voice. Let me hear you sing it out. Attitude of praise. You can just hold the hand of your neighbor right now. Just hold your neighbor's hand. God is not looking for a perfect people. He's looking for a generation that would say, Here I am, God. Use me. I'll pray. I'll come on. I'll, I'll pray. I'll intercede on your behalf. Now with eyes closed and heads bowed. Jesus, we come before you right now. We come before your throne. Humble. God, when we see you in your fullness, when we see you in your glory, when we see you high and lifted up in your heavens, God, we're we such in awe of everything that you do. Father, we can't come before you proud and arrogant by, by the things that we've done, by the things that we proclaim ourselves to be. But God, but when we come before you, we can't come but just fall on our face. Father, teach us to be humble. Father, teach us to hear from you. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for this worship service. That, God, you move, Father, you have the right to interrupt, to lead, to tell us what to do anytime, God. It's your service. Father, we proclaim that what we prayed will come to, Father. The Bible says that we speak it out even though as if it were. Father, we claim these things in faith and assurance that you go before us. And, Father, we pray for this city. That, God, it just wouldn't be a few youth. That it would be youth rising up above the norm, proclaiming your word. God, proclaiming Jesus Christ because you are real. You are alive today and you live in our hearts. We worship you, Jesus. Have your way with the rest of this service. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give a hand clap of praise to Jesus. Come on, on your way back, just tell someone you love them in Jesus' name. Come on. If you can just find your way back to your seat. Testing one, two. We're just going to get him right into the word. And I love the fact that we, we switch announcements up first so that we have time to, to share with you guys um, what's going on. Again, if, if you've missed it, I'll share it briefly. Uh, this whole month, we are taking uh, and talking about holiness, abstinence, and purity. And when you guys come, from now on out, what I want you to do, I want you to come, bring your notebook, bring your pad, pencil, bring everything. Because, look, the stuff that I'm preaching, amen, it's for you. 
Okay, and, and sometimes we go home and we try to remember everything that pastor said. What, what did he say? Man, that was really good. I wish I would know it right now. And, and we forget the word of God as, as if, you know what, growing up, my mom always told me something. And I, and I think she was right for most part. You know, she'd always say something like this. And I'm pretty sure everybody here must have got it. She's something like, Adam, clean your room. Okay. Maybe two hours later, she'd come up to the room. It's dirty. Adam, clean your room. Okay, yeah, I'm just doing something. I'll do it right now. No, clean it now. You're not going to do it later. You already told you once. I'll, I'll clean it. The next day, coming up. This room's not clean. What's going on over here? It's like, I, I've been busy. I, okay, I'll, I'll clean it today. Just If you go downstairs, I'll clean it. Because I can't clean when you're in the room. I'm, we say that sometimes. A week later, we come back. The room's clean. Like, man, I didn't clean the room. Mom comes up, told you, right? Remember just telling on myself, that's how I was a hard head. And I know sometimes some of us come in here, and the word of God is being preached. It's as if it goes in one ear, comes out. Like, the word of God has to come in through your ears. You hear the word of God. The Bible says you have faith because you hear from the word of God. You hear from your ears, and it comes out, and it resonates in your heart. And you keep it there, Amen. And so this month, guys, we're talking about holiness and purity because we deal with it. You know, I, and, and, and it's a real issue. It's something that it's serious within the church. Just because we come to church doesn't mean we're excluded from it. As, as if we have like this force field, like this shield, like something happens when we come into church and, and we can just smile and get our praise on. And when we come back out of church, it's just like that whole like little atmosphere where we feel good, where we feel fine, where like we're okay with sin and and we get back into this lifestyle that's not pleasing to God. So when we come here, we learn how to please God. Amen. The whole purpose of this whole month was to give God the glory, to do things that honor God. And I want to share with you guys, you want to get into a heart and an attitude and a culture of honor. So many times we dishonor, we disrespect our leaders, those above us in authority. And so many times we think it's cool, and everybody around us will kind of seem to do that. You know, the first thing that when you go back to school, there's somebody, like the teacher says, don't chew gum. You know, somebody's going to put gum in their mouth. You, you have, it's like when you say it, it makes them want to do it more. You don't do this. Don't talk while I'm t Turn around. So how was your day? It's like he just, I remember, and, and I'm not going to say the name of the person. You probably wouldn't even know them. Um, but just, just not put somebody on blast like that. Our, I remember our teacher, it was second period, Mr. Seibert, our uh, algebra teacher, and he was teaching. He was a, he was a cool guy. You walked in, everybody knew him. Oh, he's a cool teacher, so you're cool. And so people took advantage of his kindness, and one of the things that happened, he just was he just letting us know the first day, guys, I'm an easy teacher. You know, I just love hanging out with you guys. Just just do me one favor, y'all. And he was, he was breaking it down. Just do me one favor, y'all. When I'm talking... You know, I remember that Mr. Cyber, he had a swag, like he had his way of doing things. We were just like, yes, sir, like we ain't going to do it. Because otherwise he would let us hang out, chill, do our homework in class and things like that. And I remember just like that first day, this one girl uh, who sat in front of me, and I was sitting in the back, and he's talking, saying this, don't talk. I'm like, cool, everybody's just like, oh, okay, cool. And everybody's listening, but this girl just turns around. So what's your name? And I'm just thinking to myself, did you not just hear Mr. Cyber? Like, what is wrong with you? As if I wanted to, like, flicker, like, stop. Like, what's um, And she just kept on talking. It was just like, at that point in time, I just kept on talking to her because, 
you know, she 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 seemed cool, and you know, it's just like whatever, you know, it's just, and then you start getting into this habit where that's okay, that's the norm, and, and you start dishonoring, and and here's the thing, in 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 the Bible, it's a culture of honor, and the world would throw that down quickly. You don't have to do that. You don't have to respect that. Here we respect the word of God, and when we come here, we come prepared and ready. Amen. So, so do your part and come ready, prepared to take notes and listen to the word of God. Amen. Today's message title, today's sermon title is called Peer Pressure, Sex versus Patience and Purity. And it always seems that's the struggle in our life. And we're talking about holiness and abstinence. And there was these key things that said in my heart. And when I go to Mardi Gras, you're, one of the things in Mardi Gras, when we go there uh, this year, in uh, February, I think the second week in February, one of the things uh, you'll notice Mardi Gras is known for is just the sexual immorality, the sexual perversion on those streets. And you might have heard about the stories that this one city where like this crazy party goes up and if you, someone gives you beads, uh, the women flash themselves and even the guys, and you get beads and that's the city and that's the party that, that we go to. We don't go there doing those things. But when you walk in there, you just get this sense that people are out there to sin. And, and people are just don't even care. Like, they put, like, caution to the side. It's just like, I'm living because I want to have fun. And the world calls fun sexual immorality. That's cool. And some of the things you've seen, and I, I just share just because how real it got. We're walking in Mardi Gras. One of the things we have a code for, we say eyes down. Whenever you see something inappropriate with the ladies, like if the ladies see another lady walking uncovered, they say to the brothers and, and, and sisters in the Lord, eyes down or something like tie your shoe because hey look you need to get your eyes down because something is coming you don't want that stuck in your mind when you're witnessing and praying that's the last thing you need so look down and so you look down and, and you just like close your eyes it's like oh my gosh and you kind of feel like you hear like a commotion people are causing you know ruckus because you know so and so's you know things are happening and i remember um um just one time just for us the guys you think that just the women do it guys do it too I'm walking, I'm witnessing, and I'll just remember seeing some guy just, just, and it might be as graphic, it might be sick, he just, just pulled down his zipper and just like flashed, and people were coming taking pictures. That's how, gr that's how nasty it gets. Sexual immorality. And I'm quick, I'm like, hey, get these girls on the side. So I have to tell like the group, like, ladies, get to the side because this guy's walking through. So like our team captains had to like get the girls, just close your eyes, this is happening over there. And the guys literally had to, like, stand to the back, like, if this guy moves, then we're going to let them know he's coming through. But that's just the atmosphere. We're going over there preaching Jesus Christ, and it's just not sad stories or just, like, gross things. People are getting saved and touched and filled by the Holy Spirit. It's happening, so we're going out there. The Bible says you are the light, and you are supposed to go out into the darkness. Amen? Amen? So these are some of the things that we're doing. But here for the church, for Elevate, in-house. You know, we sometimes think that we're immune to it, and we act as if it's not an issue, but really it's, it's a main issue in our lives. And it's time not to dismiss it. It's time to look at right it and, and say, hey, that is me. That is me. I need freedom from this. I need Jesus to help me with this. So if you can open up your Bibles uh, to Galatians 5. Um, verses 16 through 26. If you can get it up on the screen for me, please, Ellie. The title of that passage of Scripture is called Life by the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 through 26. 
And here is when Paul's talking, and, and he was talking to, and I'm going to give you like a back, uh, background of what Paul is saying and, and just, you know, what's happening. Sometimes we just read the Bible. We don't understand the culture and the time that it was written and everything that's happened. doesn't mean that it doesn't, that is not relevant for us today. It just means that it's, it's that relevant, but we understand what was happening in Paul's time. And so Paul is writing to the church of Galatia. That's why the book is called Galatians. So he's writing to them. And one of the things that the Galatians struggled with was that they didn't, you know, they felt they had to do more works to be saved. They, had, they felt that they weren't saved just by faith. And Paul comes up in this book of Galatians and he smashes that argument and says, hey, you're saved by faith, not by works. So don't let these other super saved Christians say you need to be circumcised or you need to keep the Jewish laws because Gentiles who weren't Jews who came and accepted Jesus Christ after, you know, people were saying, the Jews were saying, you know what, you need to be circumcised and you need to practice the Jewish festivals and keep those traditions because if you're not, then you're not really saved because Jesus was a Jew. And Paul's like, wait a minute, like you're adding on to salvation. No, Jesus said you're saved by faith through grace. You know what I mean? Grace through faith. And, and Paul comes and he smashes that whole tradition like that. Don't listen to them. You, this is what you do. And, and so he's telling you life by the spirit. And, and this is for us today when we're talking about peer pressure and sex. And this is what he says in verse 16, if you can follow along. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. You guys catch that? I'll read that again. Verse 17. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit opposite and the spirit what is contrary opposite to the sinful nature they are in conflict with each other so that they do not do what i'm sorry so that you do not do what you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under law verse 19 the acts of the sinful nature are obvious and everybody go obvious look to your neighbor and say obvious it's obvious when you're sinning. You don't need a pastor or a spiritual coach and say, hey, that's wrong. So many times we do things and we just have like a sense like, I shouldn't be doing this. The Bible says that the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. They're obvious. That's what the, that's what the Bible says, y'all. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Father, I pray that you would speak this word, that you would put this word inside of us. That, God, we wouldn't be above this. But, Father, but by your word, we will hold it up to us in our lives. And, Father, we would consider your standard, your word, Father, the word and, and the way we shall live. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, come on. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. When we're talking about things like this, um, so many times when we're doing things, we have checks. You know, someone like, well, that's my conscience, right? 
And sometimes you can't always go by conscience because some people will say, well, my conscience doesn't convict me of that. You meet people like that. That's like for us. Well, it's okay for you to do that, you know, or you can't do that. But it's okay for me. Why? My conscience is okay. I'm fine. Is that right? If someone's conscience is okay, but the word of God is opposite, who's right? It's the word of God. You see, the thing is, and the problem is, so many times we don't get into the word of God. So the Holy Spirit, I'll give him a name. The Holy Spirit can't convict us of sin. Oh, the reason why you're not, your conscience doesn't convict you is because you haven't got into the word of God where it shows you that, hey, this is how you live. Once you let the Bible come into your life and you use those standards, that's when the Holy Spirit conscience, that's when your the Holy Spirit conscience will tell you that it's wrong. So many people, God is always trying to talk to people. He's always trying to bring sinners to repentance. You know, we always have to preach it. But here it is. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Obvious. And I, and I remember just like Pastor Joe one time, we were in 201. He just kept on saying, it's obvious, it's obvious, it's obvious, it's obvious. Just check your heart today. Do a search inside your heart. What's obviously wrong today that you know like this past week just this past week i heard paul paul washer said this one time he said if we can play every every evil thought everything that you thought within the past couple days and played it on the board everything that you thought about your best friends and things like that and we showed it on a screen and we showed everybody you would run out the place in shame you know your best friends would think what oh my gosh like what is just evil the accident and sinful nature are obvious. Why so serious? So many times when we talk about this, and, and you know, whenever we talk about sin in the church, and, and it's never like, hey, guys, sin is cool, and, uh, you know, we're, I'm smiling like, Jesus loves you, but sin is bad. It always seems like it has this mellow tone, like, you know, whenever something's serious, you know, you just would hear it. You know, growing up, whenever something was serious in the family, it's just like mom and dad are not playing around. They're talking serious. Like, hey, we need to have a talk. Okay, what's going on? Uh, you know, your mom lost her, her job the other day. Oh, she's feeling sad. You know, it's, it's serious. It's not something we play around with. And so you have to understand when we talk about this, you have to get it in your heart that you're serious about it as well. You have to be serious and say, hey, I'm going to see the sin the same way God sees it. I'm telling you, we can't just dismiss it and say, I'll work on it, I'll work on it, just with false promises and never really get to it. So I want to talk to you today about peer pressure and sex, and then we're going to break out into the group uh, time. If someone can run up my phone from the back for me, please. Someone just shout out the time. How much time do I have? 3.57. It's more like it. 8.58. We went back in time in worship. Like we transported back to the to the past. Okay, I was gonna say to the future. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. We got the time down. Hallelujah. So this is what it is: peer pressure and sex. I'm gonna break this down and give you scripture. So take your notes. So I'm gonna go through it pretty fast because I want us to talk. Here it is: the world point of view is this: safe sex. When you go back to school, when you go back around your friends that are not saved or just people that really, you know, they say they're saved, but they're not saved. Guess what it is? They believe in safe sex. If it doesn't hurt somebody, it's okay. You know, as long as you know what you're getting into. That's what the world believes. And you know what? High schools, 
in, in, in hospitals would give students condoms, would give, would give people all these different things to prevent, you know, a birth. That's a world point of view. But we know that if you're a friend of the world, the Bible says what? Say it one more time, nice and loud. You're an enemy of God. Like, that's so harsh. Jesus, why you got to say that in your Bible? Like, are you serious? If we're a friend of the world, we're an enemy of God? I think that that's taken out of context. I think, think that just the people who kill, I think that's who he's talking about. I think that's what the world means. No, 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 no. If you're not down with God's plan, if you're not down with God's agenda, with his word, you're an enemy to him. Whoa. That's kind of strong. You know, even today, we don't even say, like, oh, that person's my enemy, my sworn nemesis. Maybe girls might do that. I remember back in high school, girls used to say all the time. Like, I never heard that with guys. We just fight. You know, but girls, like, that's my enemy. I don't like, mm. right? Mm, that's what, <laughs> that's my, when I think about girls that are arguing and just, like, enemies, mm, mm, that's what I think comes to mind. So I'm just going to be doing that. What's he doing? He's thinking about one girl's gossip. Mm-hmm. So amen. The world point of view is safe sex. But here we understand in Galatians 5.16. So I say live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. See, the spirit and what the world is saying are two different things. And who are you pleasing? The spirit. So stay in step with the spirit. One of the things that we always talk about, and we talked about it last week as men, is the peer pressure. The peer pressure to fit in, the peer pressure to conform. And so many times, even as in its simplest stage, well, Adam, I'm not going to go have sex in high school. That's the dumbest thing. And be honest, like, no one's going to feel like, oh, you want to, no one's asking that question. Like, hey, you want to have sex? It's like, ah, mace and run away. Like, if that happens, you kick them and run. Okay? Guys, if it's a girl, just run. Don't kick them. Don't want to get in trouble. My youth pastor said to kick you. These people get in trouble. They call me up, principals. What are you teaching over there? <laughs> All right, just for the ladies, okay? Here, here's what it is. Live, by, I forgot what I was going to say now, because it's just like I'm going to be in trouble for saying kick. Someone help me quick. What was I saying? Other than kicking, before kicking, peer pressure. One of the biggest things, that no one's ever going to say it like that. You know how it comes up? Simple boyfriend and girlfriend. And the pressure is this, to be in a relationship. And that's how it starts. I remember back in, in Lane Tech, I was a freshman, and we're sitting where, this is where I was, at the end of school, we're waiting for our jerseys to come in, it's baseball, and we're in a PE room, and I'm looking around, just hanging out, and I look on the wall, and, and, I, and I look, and it's like this arrow that goes around the, the class, and I just start reading it, and, just, and it says, boy, girl. The next one was boyfriend, girlfriend. Next one was holding hands. The next one was, like, you know, interlocking hands. The next one was arm around the shoulder. You know, and the next one was kiss on the cheek. And the next one was kiss on the lips. And the next one was sensual touching. And the next one was sexual, like, oral sex. And the last one was sex. I'm so serious. And... And I looked at that, and I'm sitting down, and I grew up in the church, and I'm just like, so that's how it happens. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and you're thinking like some revelation came up, and God was saying, I'm telling you that. I've been telling you that. Really? And you're looking. You know, you know you guys done it too. You guys are laughing because you've seen the same thing. 
So, so this is this is what happened, and it was so serious. And if I, I can share to you my testimony, my relationship with my girlfriend, like, <laughs> you know, it's just like I wasn't thinking about just kissing. I was just like, just want to hold her hand. It just starts off as innocent and playful, and that's what you think about, and that's the, this comes in your mind. I want to be in a relationship. I want to be in a relationship, and the pressures to be in one. Oh, that guy's staring at you. He's checking you out. Like, God, come on, go go talk to him. So many times can get us in trouble. Galatians 7, 5, 7 through 9. If you can just scroll up for me quickly, Ali. I just want to um, get through this. Galatians 5, 7 through 9. It says this. It says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? The kind, this kind of, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Paul is basically telling the, the church of, of Galatians, he was telling them, like, hey, like, wh- who's telling you to do that kind of stuff? And I'm thinking about it today right now, you know, it's just like, hey, guys, why is it that you guys are, are, are struggling with these things? Like, who told you you have to be in a relationship? Like, who says that if, if you don't have one, like, you're gay or everybody thinks that something's wrong with yours? You know, we get that a lot. And sometimes people can be scarred by that. And we have no idea but just by our words is the power of life and death. You have to understand, you are not a part of this world. Though you're in it, you don't conform to it anymore. You start thinking different. The Bible says that be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? That when you get saved, you allow God in here. It's not like, oh, God, I'm, I'm in the church and I'm, I'm there. No, you let God in here and say, hey, God, this is where I'm at. And I know that your word says this. Help me, Jesus. Speak to my heart. And it's in you and your intimacy, in you and your private time with God, and you praying and seeking God where he reveals that. And even today, you learn it today, that the pressures shouldn't feel like, oh, I have to do this. It's like, what is God saying to me? Amen? And let's keep on going. Sting we, things that we say, and I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget. Everyone is doing it. Or how about this one? I'm going to experiment. Look to your neighbor and go, mm-hmm. Oh, you guys were really into that. Like, yes, mm-hmm. You guys are looking across the room, mm-hmm. Like, that's for you. Guys, that's me. Don't do that. So many times as a Christian, I growing up, I was like, man, I love Jesus. I love the fact, like, we like the fact that we're saved. We're not going to hell. How many of you guys like that, right? I said, that's, that's the automatic thing that we think about, like, well, I'm not going to hell now. So, okay, it's like get, get out of jail card type of thing. And we have to realize that's not what it's all about. It's not just like, well, you're out of it. I mean, yes, amen, we can rejoice that we're not going to hell, amen. I'm pretty excited about that. But it's more about living for God and, 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 and serving God and, and doing what his word says. And I remember just these words, I'm going to experiment. I never said, I never said it to Pastor Joe in the youth group. Hey, Pastor Joe, I'm going to experiment. I'm just going to try it out. You know, because everybody has a testimony that they did it. I want to have that testimony too. And if you're thinking like that, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Humble yourselves. Come up. We want to pray for you. <laughs> Guys, you don't have to feel like you don't have a testimony because you never dealt with it. If God has spared you, if God has kept you from that, stay living for God. Stay living holy. Here's the thing. You experimenting, you and your desires. You know what that's called? The, if you say that, you know what that's called? Lust. Everybody on the count of three, just say lust. And like th- <laughs> on the count of three, y'all. We've got to go back to kindergarten. One, two, three. On three, guys. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. 
If you're saying to yourself, and you're Christian, and if you hear your brother or sister-in-law say, hey, I think I'm going to experiment. I'm going to go check it out. You gotta, Exactly. You want to slap them upside the head and say, hey, what are you talking about? Do it in love, okay? Don't use weapons. Just, just use your hand, okay? So, so that's what you, I'm so serious because some of us, it's just, look, I know we have a fun time, guys, but listen to me really quick. We check out of our salvation. It's like we put God to the side and say, God, you were good to get me out of hell, but I'm going to do what I want to do. And the purpose of salvation was to do what he wants you to do. And guess what? The best part is he wants your best. He has nothing but the best for you. So many times it's like a tug of war between God and us sometimes. Like, God, you just want me to just do this. You don't want me to be happy because I love so-and-so. And you don't understand love. The Bible said God is love. Oh, well, that's a different kind of love. That's lust. You got nothing to say. You just got nothing to say. And that's when you repent and you call one of your leaders and say, I need more of Jesus. Amen. That's exactly what it is. 2 Timothy 4.3. You don't have to open there. I'll just read it out. It says this. For a time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, listen to this. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. So many times in high school, you know, we, we get around people that would agree with us, that would okay, you know, what we're doing. And so many times God is not okay with it, but we feel as if we get enough people to say, that's okay, dude, just go ahead and do it and go ahead and do it. That's fine. If we feel in our own heart like, well, I'm Christian, God lets me do what I want to do and I, and I can do it, we feel as if it's, it's okay. And there's no grace for that because you have to understand it's God's will, God's spirit. And if it was God's, you know, plan for you, you would leave it open to God. And half the time, God is saying, no, you're 14 years old. You are not getting married. Amen. So, so get it out your head that, shucks, we're not getting married. So th- this is what it is. You have to not just look. Don't get around people that are just going to keep it. Just, oh, just, yeah, dude, yeah, you should go out with them, man. I think they're, they're cool. I mean, they don't go to church, though. You know, I'm trying to look for someone like that. That's fine, dude. You can make them go to church. Look, once you start dating, this is what happens. Once you start dating them, they'll go to church. Really? You know what happened to me when, when it happened? I'll be honest with you. I backslid. I backslid. I turned my back on God. That never happens like that. You know, God has provision. God has someone for you, but we need to wait. Amen. The Bible says, Psalm 119.9, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. And this is what we're talking about. Patience and purity. You have to wait. Pump the brakes. You just start singing a song like that. The moment that you feel like, man, I'm about to get into something that I shouldn't, just go ahead and make it really awkward for you and the person that you're talking with and just start going, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Because I promise you, you start doing that, that person's not going to want to talk to you ever again. This person is crazy. I am God. God. And and that's what's going to happen. Unless the person likes that, they start dancing with you. Like, yeah, that's when you just leave, <laughs> okay? Don't stay. They're like dancing. Like, yeah, let's put the brakes. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm gone. <laughs> and if that happens, I want you to call me, okay? Because I want to laugh. I like to laugh. <laughs> oh, we can have fun, amen. Isn't God fun? God is fun, really? God is fun, amen. Amen. Patience and purity, guys. God-approved point of view. Here it is. Abstinence. Everybody on the, count of, on the count of three. Abstinence. On the count of three, say abstinence. 
One, two, three. And there was still someone at two, like, abstinence. You're funny. Not. Okay. Psalm 119.9 says this. How can it, let's, let's all say it. Ready? I'll repeat it, and then you guys repeat after me, okay? So, how can a young man keep his way pure? Let's try that again. We're, we're repeating what the pastor is saying. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. That's it. Amen. Amen. You guys were saying the rest of it. Bible scholars, amen. Future SUMers. Here it is. You want to live holy and pure? What is, what, what is God, what do you have to say? So many times we, we like struggle and we're like, oh, I wish there was like some, some key. Like there was some magic potion or something you can say and poof, it would happen. Well, what does the Bible say? Well, it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Well, isn't that what you're asking? Yeah. What does it say? By living according to your word. I'm really afraid, you know, to hit myself with the mic to make that noise. So I'm just going to, you know, you guys just for one time. But here, here it is. Abstinence. Patience. God's people will have to wait. You realize that? God's people will have to wait for a relationship. It's not like I'm going to jump in anything because I feel lonely. I need someone to feel that need. God should feel that need. Amen? Here it is. God's people will wait. Why? Why does he make us wait? Because you know what? When you wait, you have to trust. You have to trust if someone is in control. You have to trust that, you know, things are going to work out in the end. Because you can't see what's going to happen in the future. And that puts you in a place where you're uncomfortable. So I don't know. And, and sometimes we like to do, do things in our own strength. You have to wait. Patience. It's an opportunity faith to work in your life. Like, I'm going to wait and trust God. Amen? And do it God's way. Amen? Galatians 5.22, what does it say? Let's quickly get there. Galatians 5.22. Scroll down for me. Scroll, 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 scroll. Galatians 5.22 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. But the fruit of the Spirit, when you start living for God, there are going to be some evidence. There's going to be some things that are going to be proof. And it's just showing in your life that, hey, God is with you. And it says right here, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, Patience. <laughs> we got to yell. Patience. And one more, self-control. Keeping your heart, mind, and actions in check. If, if we would have self-control, if we, if, I, I heard Ish, or rather Ish posted this on Facebook uh, today. He said, if we can get, if we as Christians, the body of Christ, would just get that God lives inside of us. He calls us his temple. We, his Holy Spirit lives in me. If we can get that today, if we can understand that he lives, God is living inside of me. And, and I was reading, I was just like, amen. If we can get that God lives inside, self-control, well, I couldn't help it. You got that line. You got to understand, like, Adam, what are you like, I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Keeping your heart, mind, and actions in check. Galatians 5, 24 to 25 says this. That those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And that is the key right there as you guys stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Keeping in step with the Spirit. It's God's way. 
Amen. It's God's way. Look, and even in this time of breakup, some of you guys may feel like you do it God's way. You you save yourself the the shame and, and all the heartbreak and all the pain if you do it God's way. He wants your best. Amen. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna break out. Um, if the guys can just start sitting right here and the girls can start sitting right here and just as I speak, um, the staff and leaders, I want us to talk about next week's uh, ceremony and just really go over what that entails and how that means and how serious that will be. So we're going to take the next 15 minutes, um, the next 15 minutes to go ahead and let's just break out. And if you're a visitor, you can just go ahead and just um, sit in on a group. Uh, we'll do it like that. I think you can just play some music in the background. So at 9.30, check this out, 9.30, we're coming together, and um, we're just going to dismiss in prayer. Amen? Hallelujah.